0: Time and again, the world bears witness to truths seldom said. Lend an ear. We promise enlightened, informed conversation. My name is Robert, and this is Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. Welcome back. My name is Robert. The program is called Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. Special guests today, Ms. Marina Terentieva, an educational innovator born in Moscow, bringing with her innovative techniques for American students. She's joined by a colleague, Eugene Novikov. Welcome to Seldom Said, Marina.
1: Thank you so much, I'm so happy to be here today.
0: If we could begin with a little bit of personal background, who you are, where you've been, and what's brought you to
1: this time and place. Okay, sure, it was great pleasure. Uh, thank you for inviting me to, for this program. It's a pleasure to be here and especially in university facilities uh, because for the whole my life it was dedicated to the education and to the schools, universities, and everything which is uh, connected with the education and academical achievements for our children. As for my personal background, I was born in Moscow. It was a long time ago, in 1961, and my family was in Moscow also. And um, uh, I have graduated from the Institute for Foreign Languages, English. It was my major. And then I worked for a while in the Institute for Foreign Languages also after the graduation of this um, college. And then uh, in 1994, uh, my family came to the United States for the working visa and we were trying to find uh, some um, business opportunities for my husband's job. I didn't work that time. And by that time, I had two kids, uh, Kate, she was 10 and the other daughter was four, and... Um, 7 years came very like passed very fast and I've got my master degree here in Tura College in special education and school psychology and I decided to dedicate my life here also for the d- education. And by that time, two kids were born here in the United States, Stacy and Philip. and the family set up um, our, like, business and our, like, uh, preferences here. Uh, We bought a house here, and my kids were raised in Roslyn District, and uh, I should say that I've been living in Long Island for 26 years already. I like this place, amazing, historical, beautiful, and, uh, of course, I can recommend everybody to choose this place for their children. Uh, That's my personal background. And in in 2008... Uh, I decided to try my hand on the area of education also because it was a big need for Russian-speaking families who wanted their children to preserve their languages and preserve their culture. And Sunflower Center was opened, was founded in 2008. It was in Glen- Glenhead area. Beautiful place, and um, <clears throat> it was a big Mm, respond, a huge respond for Russian community from Long Island and we had not only Russian classes there we had also math, chess art Uh, we're trying to uh, combine all the best uh, innovative techniques, uh, how to learn uh, different um, Uh, different subjects and to help our children with homework and all this stuff. Also, the first Russian daycare was open here uh, in Long Island and with the families who also wanted to preserve their language and their families. Uh, special thank you for the, for the families with mixed uh, backgrounds and mixed nationalities such as Americans and Russians because their fathers and or mothers American they were completely for and supported uh, their um, spouse uh, uh, when their children decided to continue learning uh, foreign languages such as Russian language. Um, that's uh, education became in my focus and I understood that this is my mission this is my dream uh, which came like true and I'm so happy that right now I have a center in Roslyn also and this is uh, it's, which is called Roslyn Enrichment Center and also it consists of two big divisions such as daycare center and after school programs and Saturday and Sunday schools
0: The uh, great Russian poet, Yevgeny Yevtushenko had a great quote, a marvelous quote in describing his country, he said, East or West home is best. Russian expatriates I've met, and uh, you've been kind enough to share your friendship with me, Russian expatriates I've met have a foot in both countries. They love the states, they're happy here, and they grow here and raise their families, and yet there is something that's very difficult to give up to divest. Is there something special about the Russian heritage?
1: You know what? Uh, usually I don't want to just like focus on the specialty of one country about the other country. But I should say why we are so attracting to each other. Probably we have a lot of similarities in culture, in, in music, in art, and in science. Uh, I should... Like just like name three four names such as Rahmanina, for example or Siversky or svarikin or um, for example even Warner's brothers if you know this uh, studio like um, in 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 Hollywood that there are two brothers Warner's Vor- brothers that's why we have so many similar uh, ambitious uh, achievements uh, we have so many things similar to each other that's why it, it became us closer to each other it became uh, more attractive to each other that's why i heard a lot of like russian people who came first time here they said oh my god i know this people i know this atmosphere i feel this air because it's so familiar to me and it's not it's not strange to me because we have we really really have a long 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 beautiful history with each other since our (coughs) like 20s or 30s that's why um We, when we came here, we found that this is our close friends, relatives, families, history, and heritage live here. That's why I cannot see that I'm a stranger here. Probably if my accent, of course, it's not my natural accent, right? But still, I feel that this is my country. I accept it completely. Uh, because my kids were raised here and um, my dreams came in, into life here, but at the same moment, uh, Russia is my is my motherland, is my is my other country which allows me to present myself as I am right now. That's why I should say that these countries are very similar. We have a lot of similarities. That's why it's so strange when they said uh, to divide something. This is, of course, we are different continents, but we're very similar.
0: You are indeed a marvelous innovator when it comes to language education, Marina. Do you still on occasion think in Russian?
1: Of course. Oh. Of course I think in Russian. <laughs> in my some, some of my, for example, some of my uh, demeanor behavior sometimes is very Russian. I'm not very... Mm, I cannot see about my – to save a lot of money for my, for my pension plan or something. <laughs> Still, it's, 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 a, it's a huge, huge, huge thing to me. And uh, even uh, – well, a couple of years ago, I decided to buy life insurance. But I've known about this for 26 years, but I decided to buy it only two years ago. It's, it's this typical Russian thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a gentleman at the uh, New York Russian Consulate told me that to understand – the heart of Russia, one needed to understand Pushkin. Pushkin is not given the credence he deserves in American schools. He's just an extraordinary, marvelous writer and poet. What is true of his work that touches the soul of Russians?
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? This is just like somebody from the psychologist or like cultural people. They they made up, I think, this uh, like thing that just like secret Russian soul or something. I don't know if it exists. Probably some of nature should have something. That's why Russian has something secret. All like people are uh, from one side are the same, and from the other side they are different. As for Pushkin, I should say that the, it's um, his great value of Pushkin is. Uh, that he can <coughs> give uh, to the Russian people the language, the the literature, the language which we can use right now. And it's very poetic, very musical language, and um, it's a real lit- litera- literature language. That's his value. And um, as for the, um, you said that in American school, there is no enough uh, focusing on Pushkin. Unfortunately, I should say that in American school, there is not enough attention to literature, to American literature and English literature itself. I should say, for example, we learned in my childhood, for example, in my school years, in students' years, we learned a lot about the Dickens, about English literature, about um, beautiful American writers, and unfortunately, my own children, they, don't even, they haven't even heard about these authors. I, try, um, I teach Russian uh, for many, many kids and for many adults, and I try to present American and English literature in Russian, in translation, of course, to read. For example, uh, last... Class, we were uh, thinking and we discussing the theme. Oh, uh, Henry! This is a famous American writer. He wrote his last leaf. It's a beautiful story about the illness of one of the girls. The two girls, the schoolmates, they were live together in one of the houses, and one girl was um, deadly ill. And the guy, the, he was the artist who lived behind the two floors um, two, two floors down, he decided to help the girl. The girl uh, invented the thing that if she sees the, the last leaf on a tree through the window, she will die that day. And the guy found out about her dreams, and she didn't want to recover or something, and she didn't, she actually, she lost her hope. He... Draw a leaf, a leaf, and put it on a branch. And every morning, when she asked to open the curtain and look at the window, she saw this last leaf, and it helped her to live. It helped her to uh, to survive. But this guy—it was one of the very nest, nasty nights. It was cold. It was windy. He got sick. He got pneumonia, and he died. But for the whole life, he was dreaming to do to make his masterpiece. And the other girl who lived with this, Joycey, Joycey, her name of the girl who, who was sick, she said that, uh, you know what, it was his masterpiece. He saved his, her life uh, making this leaf. It was like a, a primitive leaf, but he saved somebody's life. Look and, like, feel the depth of this American literature, Amazing. Unfortunately, in these modern schools, I know, I I know it for sure, because I have, as I told you, I have four kids, and three of them have graduated already. The high school, my son is in military academy. But still, it's so, so, I feel so sorry, so pity that the attention and the focusing for the literature for the history is not enough is not completely uh, covered the um, the person's soul the person's humanitarian ideas uh, because literature and language this is a huge weapon we can all like understand each other or don't understand each other to share the dreams values to say language this is everything we can make a war with language and we can make a peace with language that's why um... I try, this is my mission also, to show the greatness of American and Russian and English literature to all the children. That's why we can bring up a person who is not indifferent to, to the grief or to the problems of, of the others. Because nowadays, as you can see, math, robotics, technology, okay, it's great, amazing. And this is which is called progress. But without literature, without a word, you cannot achieve anything. That's my, that's my opinion.
0: You're speaking to the choir. I tend to agree. <laughs> there are a number of people who are Russian linguists, frankly not that many, who have your facility. Candeliza Rice uh, often quoted Nelson Mandela. He had said that if you speak to someone about something they're interested in, you speak to their mind. Mm-hmm. If you speak to them about something they're interested in, in their language... You speak to their heart. Do you feel that we're overestimating the difficulty of learning a foreign language?
1: Well, it depends, of course, of every person's abilities, first of all. But if you are a child, we know that in our past, we can say that the people in 18th century, 19th century, for example, I'm talking about Russia, they speak in the families four or five English foreign languages easily. And the child, the younger he is, the uh, easier he can grasp any foreign languages. It's, it's 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 natural way for him. Of course, if we got older, it's uh, the our different uh, like brain. Uh, Brain stuff uh, involved, and it's it's more it's it's very very hard. Uh, I know one of the famous. famous uh, Russian uh, scientist right now, her name is Tatiana Chernigovskaya, which is uh, the chief of the Brain Institute in Russia, very, very serious scientist, and she said that please don't read stupid literature, don't listen to very simple and primitive music, don't allow your brain to absorb the information which is not important to you. Of course we can we love comedies we love just like some very easy easy uh, easy stuff right such as literature something but train your brain every day try to learn one two three lines of poetry every day uh for, for example I lear- I teach languages and from the other side I have a lot of materials for children and I gave them the poetry the texts the the grammar a lot of stuff and re- recently um, I decided to learn a poem uh, by very famous uh, poet in Russia. Uh, he was the husband of Anna Akhmatova, uh, Nikolai Gumilov. You know what? I had some difficulties to learn it also, I, even in Russia, because I tried to remember the, the, other, the other line, the other line. I said, oh, my God, stop. You have to do it every day. Three or two lines. Today in the morning, I was, uh, was brushing my teeth, and I was... Please, remember these lines. Okay, I remember the first four. Okay, that's good. That's a good signal. Continue, continue. And this is a very good thing. We have to train our brain. We have to train our memory. Otherwise, um, just like to be be active, mentally active, which is very important. Sometimes it's even more important than our physical activities. I I think so.
0: The uh, Russian poet who came from the Napoleonic Wars, Denis Devidov, was called a barracks poet. It was thought that his poetry was for soldiers. It was casual, and yet it's very structured. Do you feel that the American language as it's taught is too flexible with slang and terms and rap music and so forth?
1: Uh, I think this is a sign of our modern days. It doesn't mean American or Russian or Chinese or Korean, wherever. Probably this is a modern tendencies, uh, modern st- uh, features which people, young people, can use in their languages. And uh, we know that language is not a very static, static thing. It's also migrated, immigrated, disappeared, appeared. This is just like a live thing. It's a very life thing. That's why uh, we cannot um, um, reject something from the language. Of course, in my language, for example, in Russian, I am dreaming just like to avoid some things, even if the politicians of some people from the government, they are using these things. I'm just like looking at them and said, oh, my God. But at the same moment, I understand that this is a very uh, life thing, like a river. It's floating, and um, well, I should say that uh, if it uh, um, exists, it, it it there is a right to exist. I should say, of course, if we want to preserve our language, if one we, we, we want to preserve. The grammar, um, like values, the grammar um, structures. We have to be very, very careful with what we have. Again, it's a weapon. It's a very serious weapon. I could say, "You, I love you." Right? This is one emotion, and the other one, "I hate you." There is another emotion. This is, I don't use weapon. I don't use sticks or something, but from one word I can kill a person. From the other word, I can just like grace him up to the heaven. That's that's language. It's a very, very sense it's a very uh, material, it's very s- sensitive structure. And that's why we have to bring up our kids with the careful attention, with the careful, um, like almost, uh, I should say, um, dearest attention to what they have.
0: I was thinking to myself, uh, in preparing, to deal with the question of what is slang... One chooses different ways to say hello, and please feel free to critique my pronunciation. <laughs> but basically, it formally is and then casually привет. Can you give the audience an example of Russian slang,
1: mm-hmm. the It's not It's not a slang. Здравствуйте, for example, this is a word when we wish health. Because which is the main part of this word, that means health. And when we say здравствуйте, I wish you health. Привет, it's more it's more casual, and uh, for example, if you if you say just like hi, same thing. It's not a slang. It's it exists in languages and different things, and uh, there are so many interesting facts about the language how it appeared from other languages. A lot of words from English language were came into Russian language, and especially with the computer science, right? Because we cannot, I cannot, for example, even imagine that we can use computer. Computer in Russian, same thing. We can use it by a different word. Uh, that's why. That's why uh, the languages they are just like very smoothly it came from one language. They're traveling from one language into another one. They are just like if it's a very nice soil for this particular word of the languages, they stay there. If not, they disappeared. It's interesting. In fact, I've read it uh, recently. In China, uh, there are more than 300 dialects and languages, and there was a feminine uh, language, a language for women, and for many, many years, almost for 300 years. And there were people, there were women who uh, preserved this language, and they brought up girls only, in order to keep secrets from men. They had their special language, they have their special uh, books, they have their special traditions and all this stuff. And this lady died recently, and unfortunately, there was no one she could transfer, she could pass this language to her. Unfortunately, this women language, for in China, it well, it's dead right now. It's an interesting idea, by the way. <laughs> well, I made these experiments also with my children. For example, let's make up some kind of languages. Let's make up some kind of words. It's so, so interesting. And um, uh, I should say about Russian language, in favor of Russian language, that's, uh, for example, it's very flexible language. Uh, there is a story when you can write the whole, like, story using uh, all words with one letter. For example, with letter P. And this is like the whole story with the uh, with the beginning, with the climax, with the ending, and it, it's approximately three hundred, four hundred words, and it starts only with one letter P. None of the languages can use the same thing. Can you imagine? That's yes, it's very interesting. And I did the same exercises with my children. For example, make up a story with letter K, k for example, and they made four, five, six sentences. It's, it's possible.
0: Can you take us back to an earlier time in your life? We talk about the words epiphany or a Damascus moment. Is there a time in your life where you could honestly say, this is the first time I wanted to do this with my life? A little girl dream. Feet out the window looking
1: at the stars and saying to yourself,
0: 10 years from now.
1: Well, I can remember, uh, well... That's the question I can easily answer. The fact is I was approximately five or six-year-old and it was a um, television program, TV program in Russian television, of course. It's called Learn English. Interesting. And I was sitting, I don't know, I know that it starts at 4 o'clock p.m., and I was sitting in front of the TV, and I was listening to the lady. She was the, um, uh, the teacher of English, and she tries to teach English language. It sounds so great to me. I, I don't even remember if I could write, but I tried to uh, copy to copy the, the letters she showed on the screen in my textbook. The first words were so interesting. It was twins. It was aunt. It was a family theme. And that particular day, I came up to my mom and said, you know what? I like it so much. I like languages. I like English, English language so much. And probably one day I will visit England. It was so interesting that time when it was just like heavy, heavy situations and nobody can travel a lot and so, so on. I was five-year-old. And from this moment when uh, you can choose languages in school when you were in fifth grade and there were options, German or English. For me, there was no any options, English, of course. And German, I took German languages in the institute already. And uh, uh, my mom said, listen, if you have some troubles, I can t- help you with German, but not with English. I said, I will do it myself. And I was very successful with the English language there. And I it as I said, the mm, Teachers Training Institute for Foreign Languages afterwards. That's why my English, well, it dream languages, it was always in my dream in priorities and probably i was the only child in the family that's why i have so many kids in my private life that's uh, i don't know but definitely they're s- they they took english very quickly well i mean my girls very quickly they have nice abilities as for philip it was not so easy i should say because probably he was a boy and but uh, for girls it was very nice it was very easy that's why i like i like english i like english everything i i should say that i have like two souls <laughs>
0: I've watched you at the Roslyn Richmond Academy, and you have a unique way with children. Do you feel it can ever get to the point where one is simply too old to learn a language? We often in this country stipulate that a person in retirement should just relax and read for pleasure. Rather than emphasize the fact that they could still be students, do you feel a senior citizen can still learn?
1: I should say that this is just like this is my motto. Again, it's my, It began my motto from, like, recently, and I think that if you want to be mentally uh, active, definitely you have to learn uh, languages Uh According to your own abilities, and according to your own like memory facilities, whatever. But it's a great, amazing way uh, to escape from different diseases, from different unfortunate like situations, health situation in your life. If you learn languages, I think this is the best way you can uh, you can live. You can just like prolong your life.
0: When we have Veterans Day in this country it's usually confined to American veterans. I don't think people in the country of the United States realize how important World War II, the Great Patriotic War, was for Russian citizens. Russians seem more conducive to welcoming Americans as veterans than Americans have welcoming Russians. Do you agree with that?
1: Well, uh, well, I'm not a great expert in it, but this is like a very, uh, a very huge holiday for me, for personally, for my family, of course, and uh, for I think for the whole mankind. And if the person has his memory, has his like heart, that's why he leaves. That's why there is a lot of there are a lot of chances not to repeat it, uh, never ever again. That's why I. Also, there is another part of my mission just like to transfer this knowledge, to transfer this memory, uh, to transfer a piece of my heart with, all ch- with everything which I know about this to my students. And that's why um, I will do my best, like up to the end of my days. Uh, and I will do that. And I will tell people and um, again and again, May 9th, uh, that I, I think this is a red day in all calendars of the mankind. That's why people should know uh, their facts, their history, respect, and say deep, deep, deep thank you for the, what, everything they have done for us. It's, it's also in our genes, probably in Russian genes, I should say. But this is, uh, this is our memory. If we're people, we can name ourselves like a people. We must, we must uh, do that.
0: We often use the term greatest generation. Do you feel that that 1920 generation that fought the war both in the United States and in the Soviet Union throughout the world, England, France, Germany, in fact, do you feel that in point of fact, those people do not share their stories that often and now they're getting older? I do a lot of Holocaust work. They're all 94, 95, 96. I remember a couple of days ago the anniversary at liberation of Auschwitz by Zhukov's soldiers. Do you feel that not enough is talked about it? And if so, how would you propose to make people more aware?
1: Ah, uh, well, I think there are a lot of films about this, a lot of books about this, and the and, and I think probably. We have to transfer it to our generations to our in school probably education uh but um I should um, uh, well, I don't have the answer for this question, but definitely um I don't know films books, what else, and unfortunately, these people who were the witnesses of these terrible days the uh the number of these people uh is not so huge right now. That's why, well, the people who are, the the children who are growing right now, they definitely should remember these days and uh, special events, probably one or two per per year, they have to be dedicated to these events. It should be like uh, education in families, of course, absolutely. In families, uh, loyalty, tolerance, uh, talk about these huge events which mankind survived in order not to repeat it.
0: Early on, I had interviewed a woman who uh, worked at Reconciliation in Watts, South Central Los Angeles. Some of the same questions were raised. African-Americans, American citizens, white American citizens going at each other. She didn't know how to solve it. And then she saw a black youngster and a white youngster in a sandbox. And the white youngster looked at the black youngster's hands and tried to rub his pigment off. And when it didn't cut off, he laughed and then they went back to playing. Perhaps we should have more exchanges of young people. I know your children have traveled extensively back to their homeland and then back again to the States. Is the Rosalind and Richmond Center thinking about anything in the future whereby travel will be part of the curriculum?
1: Yes, of course, it would be ideal, of course, programs, and especially, well, all our parents, there are from different parts of the former Soviet Union or from Europe. That's why they can travel easily from all over the parts of the world. Um, for my particular, like, center, I don't have these resources, for example, just like to but if they ask me uh, an advice, where to go, what to see, uh, what would you recommend, definitely I can give these advices. But as for the program itself, for example, to complete the, the, the team of uh, children or to form a group of children and to go somewhere, um, I, I'm not going to do this, definitely. Um, mm, Well, first of all, the parents, I I don't think so that the parents will be, like, realistically it will be very uh, happy about that. But um, there are so many options. It's called um, American Council for Foreign Languages. It's their headquarters in Washington, D.C. We're in very close communication with them. And they can give you the great advices, where to go. It depends on the language you learn, like Portuguese, Arabic, like Chinese, Russian, or any other languages, French, Spanish. And they have great experts in it. Um, that's that's my, 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 my answer. You've taught
0: people the Russian language, which is an unusual language given some of the stereotypes that people have growing up in this country about it. And they've taken the AP test and they've had maximum grades, five. What is the secret in your mind, taking someone with no knowledge and producing someone who is a scholar?
1: Mm-hmm. I had a great, uh, great teachers in my, in my Institute for Foreign Languages, as I said, amazing teachers. And I completely copied their methods and methodics and to prove uh, that it's a very effective methods, how to learn languages, how to teach languages. That's why I wrote my own program. It has been um, filed in Congress, in Library of Congress of the United States, and I have the patent there. And I should say it's very successful. It's very successful. That's just like I know some... Everything I experienced before when I learned Russian English... I try to apply for the modern, like students, for the modern techniques in learning Russian languages. Same thing, same thing, Uh, and um, I know because you cannot speak without words, right? And uh, this is like the system how to learn words. Uh, You cannot speak without the sentences. I I have this whole structure how to complete the sentences, themes, and how to listen, how to answer, and there are some kind of like tricks, shortcuts, that's, we, we can use it in our languages that's everything all my background i say so so much thanks for my teachers for my old teachers of old school i should say and um, i am right now what i had before what i what i have taught before for my old teachers for my old and um to, in, um, to add something new from the different, uh, like teachers who teaches like uh, different languages. I learned a lot of video materials and something all. I try to put down some interesting techniques, some interesting games, strategic things. And I think everybody can use it. I think everybody can use it. And as for students especially, if you can read, everything is possible for you.
0: Thomas Jefferson had an Italian gardener He had difficulty talking to the man, and then his gardener, Felipe Matsai, began writing, and Jefferson mentioned to his guests, my God, he writes, he writes. You teach the written Russian language. They are able to take that AP test and excel by writing it. Do you feel we need to, in this country, emphasize the written format of the language as much as the verbal?
1: Absolutely, I should say. Unfortunately, again, our gadgets, our phones, they completely eliminate disabilities from children. Even they use in in English language, of course, in my kids also, they use like instead of four, for example, preposition four, they use number four something like that. The language became more symbolic uh, and became more uh, drawings or something. I think this is just like a huge, huge disadvantage for all languages. This This is, I think, the strategy for all languages just it doesn't need it doesn't connect it with the uh, con- uh, connects with the with w- connect with uh, English language or French language. These symbolic languages. The easier we try to communicate with each other, the easier our relations became. And it's it's there is no such depths in 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 some ideas, thoughts. Even sometimes you can ask the children, retell me this story. Very simple one, four sentences. He they couldn't, they couldn't. They just like jump from from the end into the middle. They jumped into the beginning. They cannot even connect. They cannot connect three, four, five sentences. It's a very simple thing for us. That's because they cannot write. They cannot write. And if you write all your mechanisms and like uh, uh, when you're writing and dynamics when your, your 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 mind began to work your your eyes your ears everything all your receptors began to work in this particular case when they are very symbolic you don't you don't care about the grammar things at all you don't care about even phonetics you don't even care if he if he understood or she understood you right or wrong because she she approximately guessed the idea what you were talking about that's the most the, the well i should say this is the danger it's a danger for all languages it's not only for russian or for 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 english and that that's why in school for example in school for example that's uh, i could i could see um that it, the 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 children write just like from in the center of the page and then at the end at the, at the, at the end of the page, from top to back, it's awful. It's awful. Uh, to express yourself in writing form, it means you express yourself for this world. Definitely, because when we read the 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 poets, when we read the writers, because they write, they wrote this their thoughts, their ideas, their um, their lives in written form. That's why it's very it's a huge um, treasure for us right now. Can you imagine Tolstoy will write something with the symbols, with the with the numbers or something? It's nothing. That's why we, we our for example my my mission also my idea is. To learn them how to be very careful what you're writing, how you're writing, how you express yourself. Probably it's not the right idea, but I say you be ready to sell yourself for this world. It's not the direct meaning, but from the other sides, yes, we're all selling to each other. Uh, somebody will meet us, how we look like, how we, what, what kind of dress uh, on us or something like that. But when we say goodbye to each other, everybody is judging you about your mind, about what you are talking, about what you are thinking, how deep you are. And that's that's uh, I learn my children, if you write uh, accurately as 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 you can only you can and pay too much attention what you what you write don't make any abbreviations don't make any issue just like try to do your best to complete your whole phrase and put the period at the end that's very important very important this is not even from the academical point of view this is again from the mental point of view for this child it's so good for his for his developing to, to start from one point and to finish into the other one and to put a period.
0: Now, the Rossland Enrichment Center is developing a daycare program and the youngsters will be pre-K. Woody Guthrie, American folk singer, had a very famous quote where he said that play is the work of children. Do you think that pre-K youngsters, youngsters who are exceedingly young, can still be educated,
1: of course, absolutely. The uh, well, we we start we start the education from from mother's tomb, I should say, and uh, I think uh, Bernard Shaw, the famous English writer, he said, "You have to bring up the child when he lies uh, vertically. If he lies horizontally, it's too late." He said, That's, I completely agree, and I should say that." But the only thing, again, there is another danger for nowadays. There is some kind of modern things such as robotics, technology, math. And the moms, for example, they're exchanging the ideas about the education on the playground. They said, my child can, for example, subtract 135 from 85 easily in mind, and he's two-year-old or something. I exaggerate him, of course. But I should say, but what are you are, are you proud of? I don't see any Proudness in this one because every child should be uh, uh, correspond to their age to their abilities to their, um, to their um, thinking minds and uh, it's not the very vital thing just like to try to, to read uh, in, in one when he was, when he's one. no of course no when he's going to be five or six when there is uh, definitely uh, naturally from his, like, from his uh, biological abilities, it's a good thing. And uh, uh, genius thing, it's a very interesting thing, genius thing. And, of course, the genius, that's why because of genius, it's a very rare thing. And some people, they definitely consider themselves as genius. But they're not the um, whole generation of these people. That's why there are numbers of these people. Every child deserves a very nice childhood, warm Love, a caring uh, atmosphere, um, mom and dad, uh, like in the family, uh, like animals, nature. To be in very um, uh, harmonical way with the society. To to see the world without any, um, without any like beautification. I should say. That's 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 my idea and. Um, sometimes uh parents for example they say oh my god you're so beautiful you're so pretty and you're so handsome and so on and when the child grew up I I, I noticed in my own experience with my not with my children but with their peers and for example the girl she graduated from the high school and when she went to go to college and it was a controversy because she's not very pretty she's not very skinny she's not very smart and it, it became the disbalance between her the parents like tried to teach her that she was so Brilliant, and what she has right now—the reality—and it was in nature. It was a disaster for some people, and that's why you have to appreciate. You have to um, to judge the person for their own abilities. If you do this right thing, for example, the nice paintings or something, you deserve my thing how good you are, how, well, what a, a great, uh, like, fantasy you used in this one. And if you made, like, a small scratch, okay, I have to, of course, I said, yes, uh, probably, yeah, it was a good attempt, but it's not a good, you, you didn't show the whole thing, the whole uh, colors of what you have, of your abilities. We have to be very careful what how we communicate with children, how we encourage them.
0: Pushkin, Dickens, and now George Bernard Shaw. This is becoming a marvelous interview. (laughs) We've covered the status of various countries and cultures. Perhaps it's time to talk in detail about the school,
1: Mm -hmm. where it is,
0: what's happening there, how someone in the listening audience can become in touch with it and take advantage of it, because I do think that the term enrichment applies to the school more so than it does to many schools I know personally I've encountered. They're simply academic institutions that teach by rote. You do something very different there. Talk about the school. Mm
1: -hmm. With great pleasure. Well, first of all, as for the daycare program, I know that we try, first of all, uh, to create the atmosphere of uh, loving, caring, And, of course, the um, enrichment, uh, as I said, the the harmonical development of the individual, I should say. Uh, As for the schools on Saturdays and Sundays, this is our weekend schools. The teachers who work for schools, they are highly professional teachers, and they all almost have, all of them have... Uh, the L- New York State license uh, for even for chess for example and math this is like the famous Russian math um, stu- math teachers and uh, methods uh, how to also to present math uh, in um, for our students uh, art classes uh, music classes and we invite everybody just like to participate you don't need to speak Russian just like to come to my school of course no because the chess uh, math and uh, art class and music classes they don't need just like only Russian language they are all in English but if you are particularly interested just like to have uh, Russian classes it uh, the ages from one till 100 welcome <laughs> definitely will try I will try to do my best and to show you the abilities of your brain
0: <laughs> marvelous the gauntlet has been thrown down, and hopefully, people in the listening audience will accept the challenge. Yes,
1: welcome, welcome. We are located in Roslyn in the historical district. Very interesting house. In uh, the building itself was built in 1836, something like that. Uh, don't be scared. But in 1917, it was the last Negro school for Negro kids in Roslyn. Can you imagine? And then it was merged with uh, Roslyn's school system. And uh, interesting, it was a school 100 years ago. Not 100. Oh, my God. What was my my math? Oh, 100. It's 1917 and (laughs) 2017, Marina Terentiva, Russian immigrant from Russia, (laughs) came to Roslyn and founded this school. It's so interesting. 100 years. Yeah, we have to do something, uh, a memorial-like thing. (laughs) And it's so interesting. And we're trying to continue the uh, education in, in, in Roslyn and to uh, bring the best of the, uh, at least I try to do my best, uh, to uh, bring the best um, educational system from Europe and uh, in America and to combine it and to make and to create a great um, academical atmosphere.
0: The school does have an incredible historical background. It was a stop on the Underground Railroad. People would take freed slaves or runaways to the shore, try to get them to Connecticut, and then from Connecticut to Massachusetts, Maine, and then Canada and freedom. Perhaps uh, a plaque would be worthwhile. Harriet Tubman passed by the school. It is a place where history was made, where it's being made today. For anyone who wants to get involved, for anyone who is interested in the process, I know that you do not have entrance exams. You judge determination and desire rather than academic achievement and ability or the prognosis for ability. How might someone become part of the school?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, for children, we have a placement test for each class. If there is a placement test, that's great. But this, if you are a volunteer, for example, and if you have some great ideas, you want to uh, probably to test yourself, even to test yourself what you can do for this life, definitely welcome. Everybody welcome. And especially it's a very nice thing when, for example, all generation senior citizens come to my school and to have some classes, some lessons, even talks like small talks to read books with children. It's such a great thing because some some parents, for example, they don't have grandmothers and grandfathers who live next to them or with them. That's why, and children, they are always missing somebody who is older. Because mom and father, they are people who are next to them and they see it every day. But for um, older people, it's such a great um, um, treasure. Just like to uh, to bring this uh, um, to bring a piece of love, a piece of something warmth to this cho- to these children. Children, it's impossible. I said all the time, it's impossible to deceive them. It's impossible to to, to say a a lie to them. You can just like to make some tricks with them. They can feel very easily where the truth is and where the lie is. And I think that if we are just like uh, treat them as grown up people, as respect people, they will talk to us back with the same token.
0: You use the term prodigy, you use the term genius. Do you believe that uh, there are those who are gifted? I know, for instance, the Japanese system, they argue that if you work hard, you'll be bright. Do you believe that working hard is within the capacity of everyone and everyone can be that prodigy, everyone can be that genius? Or do you feel that people are born with that and it can't be transmitted?
1: Uh, well, I should say that uh, everyth- in everything which you want to succeed, you have to work hard, definitely. There is no doubt about it. Even if you have tons of money in your bank account, it doesn't make you happier. It doesn't ha- help you to make more educated or something like that. No, if you work hard and especially in your area, which you, you deserve and to be and you love and you adore and you devoted your life to definitely you'll be successful. As for the genius, I think there is some combination of uh, uh, different things, such as genes, this is number one, I think, environment, this is number two, opportunities, and, of course, hard work. And somebody from the, like, very well-known people, they said that the genius people, they are uh, 99% of hard work and 1% of talent that's i agree i agree absolutely agree if you want to achieve something you you can you 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 have to to work hard but how to use it how to how to apply it that's the uh, the question you can sit at the table for one hour and do something you you think that you're doing something but there is no result there's no productivity from that or you can have one bright idea all of a sudden came to your mind and it Changes your life completely. That's another thing. Providence or something. I don't know how it's called. Проведение in, in, in Russian it's called. Like, foresee something. Like, write, write light in your head.
0: Let's say for the purpose of argument, at this moment, you close your eyes, you click your heels, and you think 10 years into the future. What is the ultimate plan for the in Richmond Academy? The ultimate plan for Marina Tarantyeva?
1: Mm. Oh, such an interesting question. I was not prepared for this question. <laughs> well, first of all, I try to be active, mentally active, of course, because I'm trying to learn the poems every day right now. <laughs> and this is the first question. The second question, definitely, I will have more people around me, Well, I'm more students, and thankful students. That's the most important thing, successful students. Oh, And uh, one day, I think, well, in 10 years or something like that, probably it will be another center, uh, another like location or something. I am Dreaming about this in in different area, probably in Brooklyn, probably in in Manhattan. I don't know, but definitely I would like to um, to pass it through the. Um what I know, what I, what I have in my mind, what my plans are to different people, to different generations, and probably I'll find somebody who, who will come up to me one day and say, listen, I definitely would like to continue what you are doing. I would like my, my thing, my idea, and the center will never stop. will never stop working and will never stop to be active. That's, that's my idea. That's my plan.
0: How then do you teach a teacher?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you approach what he or she should do and how do you so format the individual that they're able to do what you're doing at such an incredibly high level?
1: Mm-hmm. uh well first of all when I hire the teacher I think and look at her or him very attentively and I'm speaking to him or to her what his uh, like top uh, ideas are in in his profession in his idea in his goals goals that's the most important thing goals and it's not coming uh, every Saturday just like to give three four five hours and then forget and buy no 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 about the person's development about the person's uh, uh, how active again how active he is, what he wants to achieve, what he wants to apply. If the person sees my center, for example, just like extra bucks to earn on Saturdays, definitely it's not my person. Definitely it's not. Uh, And if I see that he wants to grow with me, that's welcome to my team.
0: Marvelous. Talking about the future then, do you think it's possible to transmit these universally superb ideas that you've developed at the Enrichment Academy to the written page. Is there another book in your future? You already registered at the Library of Congress.
1: Never thought about it. Never thought about the books, probably because it took. Uh, it will take a lot of time, a lot of efforts. And right now, well, my, my best books are my children right now. They're writing yeah. my story. They're writing my history. That's it. <laughs> I have students. They're writing just like with my life.
0: They write and then they move on. Mm -hmm. And they move on to great and wondrous things. The old quotation from Mark Twain, he would always ask students, if you had to write a biography, give me the first sentence. If you had to write the life of Marina Terentiva, all your achievements, all of the trials, tribulations, and successes, what would be the first sentence? Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, it's, not, it's not my sentence. Uh, I think it's from the Bible, and the first sentence is uh, In the beginning, it was a word, and the word was a God. I, I didn't create something, something, something very uh, fancy. Well, I think it already exists. A word is everything.
0: In the beginning, there was the word, and the word was God, and God made man. Do you feel then that there's something spiritual? But not only Russian culture, it's imbued with the ideas of a spirit, but also
1: in your approach to education. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything is in spirit. Everything is, it starts with the soul. It starts with the heart. And heart, this is a piece where the soul is, they said or something. I don't know. And everything, starts with the spirit. It's, it's, it starts with the idea. Idea, this is just like what inspires us. And with the light. That's, that's absolutely, I, I agree with that.
0: Do you believe then that every child has an elemental destiny? That every child should have a faith in their future?
1: Yes, unfortunately or fortunately it is. <clears throat> for somebody it's fortunate, for somebody it's, it's, not, it's not so fortunate.
0: Are there any particular festivals, programs, that the school is going to sponsor and proctor in the near future that curious parents and individuals can take part in.
1: Yes, absolutely. For example, in um, our Cradle of Aviation Museum in Garden City, uh, a long time ago, it was in 2011, uh, we placed the bust of Yuri Gagarin, and this is the first uh, man in space, and we are planning to have a photo exhibition this year with this museum. And this exhibition was gifted to us from the um, from the United Nations, because we have some project with United Nations International School. We are very good friends with them, and this is the only school who who provide, who present presents eight foreign languages in their school. Can you imagine? Eight foreign languages and very, like, top level of of languages. The second thing is we work with United Nations, as I said, and we are um, actively participated in um, the Days of Russia, Days of Russian Language in the United Nations, and that's why we have exhibitions from uh, (coughs) United Nations dedicated to the space, to the space uh, uh, discovery and all this stuff. And we were thinking this year to present this exhibition, excellent exhibition in the mm, Cradle of Aviation Museum. And also we have some plans where we're working with Brooklyn, we're working with Bronx. I have a lot of friends in Maria in, in mayor's office in Brooklyn. And the last year we participated in Old Nations Parade. If you heard Old Nations something like parade festivals, we are there. <laughs> we present Russian Federation and uh, my friends, they presented Israel also. That's, that's, well, that's our th- thing we we'll like it.
0: When the bust was presented to the museum in Garden City, I do remember the curators and Russian guests calling the cosmonaut Yuri. There was something unifying about it. He wasn't simply this person, that person, the man over the horizon that we don't touch, hear or feel. He was simply Yuri, a man who was the first to break the surly bonds of earth and touch the face of God, like the poet says. What are the near futures down the road? If you had some final comments to give to the listening audience, what are those things you're planning for the moment Mm -hmm. that in a sense they can take advantage of tomorrow or today, in fact?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I would like to, not to recommend, but as, uh, well, I think that's very important memory. uh, Try to... uh, to give uh, the best moments of your life to, to your parents, first of all, to respect the, respect them, love them, uh, give them a nice and decent education. Think about what they read, uh, look what uh, at what they are uh, what they are writing, um, and especially talk to them very very often. That's the most important try not to lose this communication with your children. That's the most important thing. Okay, people, don't lose communication because even in the restaurants, if we're sitting, like, everybody has his phone, cell phones or whatever and even some kind of memorable uh, like events such as birthdays, anniversaries. They became not so close to each other because everybody has his phone, everybody has his, has his things to answer immediately or something like that. Um, Let's communicate with each other. Let's talk to each other. Let's find the best way, um, education, the best way of bringing up our children. That's, that's for everybody. And for me, I, I'm not, I'm not in, in, excluded myself from this list.
0: That's a marvelous way to end the program. Our guest has been Marina Tarantiva, the founder and CEO of the Rosalind Richman Center. Spasibo bolsoe.
1: Please come and learn languages, learn uh, and read a lot. That's It helps us to survive. It helps us uh, to remain people.
0: My name is Robert. This has been Seldom Said. Be with us next time.